Well, thank God. Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold podcast is excited about season three and more fabulous guests. We've been talking with and sharing stories, experiences, and laughs with singers, songwriters, musicians, and independent artists in continuing gospel music at its gold. The guests on this show have tirelessly been on the battlefield to bring God's word through song, deed, and action. We also present tribute shows honoring those whom are no longer with us physically, but have left a legacy of gold with their contributions. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and present great episodes and growing your knowledge in gospel music and its gold to keep you coming back for more. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. With me today is Linda Greenwood, who began singing at a very early age, as discovered by her grandmother, who immediately put her in the church choir at their home church, Union Missionary Baptist Church, under the leadership of Reverend Jackson, which is located on the north side of Chicago. The pastor enjoyed her singing so much that when he would go to visiting churches to preach, Linda would sing before his sermons. In her early teens, Linda enhanced her musical interests under the directorship of the late James C. Chambers, founder of the Ecclesiastes Community Choir, and Ron Ellerson, founder of Sounds Unlimited, at the family's new home church, Haven of Rest, on the south side of Chicago, under the late Reverend Connors. Linda majored in music at Chicago Vocational High School, where she graduated and was granted a four-year music scholarship to Bethune-Cookman College in Daytona Beach, Florida, and the Music Conservatory of Chicago College of Performing Arts. After graduating, Linda taught music in Chicago Public Schools, Moody Bible Institute, Chicago Collegiate Charter Schools, and several other educational institutes. Linda sang and worked with multiple churches with forming and developing choirs and praise and worship teams. She sang professionally and traveled all over the world, appearing on many television and radio shows, as well as many recordings. She has recorded with Tony and Dewana Small and Artistry, DeLeon Richards Sheffield, Kim Stratton, Stanley G. Pearson, and many others. She also performed on the same stage as Yolanda Adams, Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond, and Shirley Caesar. That's just to name a few. Linda is a member of Salem Baptist Church of Chicago, singing under the direction of Walter Owens and Judah Praise Singers. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold.
welcome Linda Greenwood to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Yay! Hey, Linda. Hello, and Sonia. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing just fine, just fine. Wonderful. I reached out to you because I think in my timeline, I saw you and I said, I remembered Linda did a lot of things. So tell my audience some of what you have done in your past and a little bit more about you. <laughs> well, Sonia, music has been my life. It's been my lifeline. And I started out as a little girl just uh, singing around the house and my grandmother discovered I had a little something <laughs> and started me going to church immediately. She did not want me to do secular music for whatever reason, mm. but she wanted me to start in the church. And I started out singing, uh, I think my first solo, I was five years old and I was singing. And from there, it just took off to choirs, uh, singing with some very wonderful groups um, and went on to getting my degree and teaching. So that's me, that's what I've been doing. And I've had a wonderful ride with a lot of good people. She put me in front of some good people. Uh, I grew up at Haven of Rest. And as you know, um, James Chambers was uh, from Haven of Rest from ECC mm -hmm. and also Ron Ellison. And also Feranda was there and um, I joined the choir at uh, about six years old and Miss Jordan was my choir director. So okay. Catherine Jordan, she got the job done. <laughs> she put so much in us. She trained us uh, to do Bible study first. That's what we did. Okay. So we had to learn about what we were singing about. Mm -hmm. That was Catherine Jordan. And then she taught us line upon line and precepts upon precepts about harmony. As a little girl, she trained our ears to do harmony parts. Mm -hmm. And we kind of done that through the um, lines of hymns, and anthems and you know anthems are very challenging oh yeah but as a little girl she started us there we were doing let everything that have breath praise the lord and and those hymns which can get you through these days i enjoy all types of music but when i'm going through a little something <laughs> that hymn will get you get you through so that was in our DNA. And then after Miss Jordan and growing up, um, James saw something in me and he wanted me to get involved in solo singing. Cause oh. before I was just doing a little, you know, choir thing. Choir, you was in the yes. choir section. I was in the choir, I was soprano singing. Oh, yes, it did. You know, all that, all that craziness. <laughs> and he wanted to 
invest in establishing me as a solo singer. But a lot of people didn't realize that I was very shy. Mm -hmm. And as a little girl, I stuttered it a little bit. So that caused me not to want to be in the front. But you know James Chambers. Mm-hmm. He wasn't having it. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit more. Well, tell me and, and the audience a little bit more of how he invested in you as a solo singer. Well, James used to have uh, a lot of outside uh, influences like uh, he would have us to go to conferences and he would have us go into training and so we did a lot of training um, and then he did personal one-on-one because he played you know mm-hmm. and if he didn't play we had a musician there and we would do you know vocal leases and uh, Heard? hold up wait a minute wait a minute you said James played yeah, he played a little bit, you know, like. You know, I told well, somebody he didn't. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Okay, because you, you, I said, I, I said that because he had never played around me. And I said, okay, so James Chambers played the piano. A little bit. He did a little something, something. He wasn't what you would call, you know, your thorough, music, you know, um, pianist, but he can get you to the notes because James had an ear out of this world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if you off by a smidget you know it's either a shoe (laughs) coming your way but uh you know all seriousness he would get you right on pitch he was very detailed about pitch and so it was with Ron because Ron Ellison um as you know he picked up that mantle from James and Ron was very thorough as well. But um, I got that basic training. I got that foundation um, and I contributed to Catherine Jordan, James Chambers and Ron Ellison. Okay. And that's out of Haven of Rest. And tell the audience a little bit about the history of Haven of Rest. Well, uh, as you know, Reverend John Connor was the pastor. And Reverend Connors, if my memory serves me, he came out of Clay Evans. Mm. And um, we were like a branch of, you know, Clay Evans Church, uh, the ship. (laughs) (laughs) And we, he invested in his music department. Mm. He had a phenomenal music department. The children were excellent. The young adults were excellent. The seniors, and then we had a senior, senior choir. Uh, And coming through all of that, um, we had such a well-rounded experience of singing and music we had some of the best musicians and we traveled to different Mm. churches we traveled out of state Um, we did a lot of radio um, interviews and singing and television Uh, at that time we were on uh, Isabel Joseph Johnson 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. I did a tribute show of her a few weeks, a few, well, last month or so, and yes. uh, talked about Isabel Joseph Johnson. And, yes. mm-hmm. and then also Haven of Rest had a broadcast, a Sunday broadcast. Yeah, at three o'clock. Absolutely. We would come on. And Pastor Connor, he would uh, have a theme song. I can't forget where I was at. My head was hanging down. Gotta go through it. Well, anyway, I would lead, as a little girl, I would lead that song to bring him up to preaching every Sunday. So on that broadcast, so I did have that exposure. And I think honestly, that's where James, because when I started with James, I was 13. Okay. Um, And I think that's where he wanted to really shape and get me prepared to start singing. He, he, he saw something in me. I don't know what it was, but okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it. Just uh, to segue a little bit on that, James Chambers was uh, very intuitive where he would see a talent in someone that they didn't really see in themselves. Mm -hmm. And he would bring it out of you, whether it was singing, whether it was doing, uh, because eventually he he started the ECC Music Workshop, Mm -hmm. uh, which formed out of that was the ECC was the ECC mass choir that is now known as Chicago mass choir so he would see things in people and bring it out and sometimes it will be in a funny kind of way (laughs) oh yes oh yes well I was I was frightened to death like (laughs) because as I stated you know I was shy a lot of people didn't know that I am a people person but I was shy because I had the stuttering thing, but it never showed up in my singing. Mm. And, um, you know, he wanted to make me feel secure. And I appreciated that. He had a great way of doing that. Plus music, you know, it's like a medicine, mm-hmm. you know, it, it will heal you of your ills and it served that purpose for myself. So talk about your time singing with Ron Ellerson and Sounds Unlimited. Well, um, you know, unfortunately, James passed away. And so um, at that time, Ron had picked up and was doing, he was a part of the, um, the youth choir at Haven Arrest. Mm. And his family sang, you know, Jody can sing the paint off the walls mm-hmm. and, uh, and Pat and, uh, mm-hmm. and then um, Dwayne. So all of them sang and we grew up together. So when Ron branched off and was doing his thing, he brought me along, you know, here I go again. <laughs> <laughs> And so, as you know, Ron was phenomenal with uh, giving parts and singing close harmonies. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much from him. Uh, At Haven, he, I call it decorate the choir, but he directed the choir. (laughs) (laughs) 
but Ronnie, he, he really just, uh, again, saw something in me and I admired him and he became my mentor in uh, bringing music together and bringing that close harmony and developing my ear. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with him for a while and uh, up until I went to college, honestly. When I went away to college, that was my separation from there, but I got to meet wonderful people. Uh, weren't you in, in Sounds Unlimited or you were hmm. in ECC? I was in ECC. Okay, that's where, but I, I knew you from ECC, but I, you know, you would do some things because Stan uh, Pearson, he was a part. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, because we, you and I sang together on Stan's project. Okay, yeah, yeah, Stan, yeah. After that was not long after, I think it was the year after James passed, uh, okay. Stan did a solo project that I, yeah. you know, I'm wondering why he didn't do more. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> he's still around. Yeah. He's still around. <laughs> amen, amen. Yeah, so, so you know, Ron, like I said, he he was my mentor. He introduced, he, he, he introduced me to harmony like never before. Mm. And to be honest, I knew he played music, but I don't think Ronnie sang that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he make everybody else sing. <laughs> and I was trying to, I was trying to put those pieces together, but he was phenomenal in in that harmony and listening and you know giving you the parts and like I said, it was close harmony. So that's my um, experience with Ron. And then when I went off to college, uh, I majored in music and came back. Um, unfortunately, my grandmother passed away. So I came back to Chicago and um, I started singing with my sisters, uh, Denise Berrien and Melissa Berrien. And then I would incorporate Jody and Pat and we would do some little things around Chicago and get invitations to go places and we would sing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then um, I believe it was my sister, Denise. She invited me to, cause she was at the time in Chicago mass. And this was, uh, I think Ronnie was doing something there. Ron and uh, Feranda was doing something there. And she invited me to come and, and, you know, see them do whatever they was doing. It was either a workshop or it was something that they had going on. And I just came, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, they were performing at the Regal. And because I knew church business, I was going to get in that concert one way or another. So this <laughs> is how I got in the concert. I wore all black. Cause that wins every time. And the security was like, do you have a ticket? I said, no, I'm with the choir. <laughs> and, now, listen, I ain't a member of nothing. I just, you know, I'm going to get in there. So he took me down the back way of the Rego and up the stairs. And there was no way to get to the audience. You had to go to the choir stand. Yeah. And I found my way singing with the Chicago Mass Choir on default. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And Ferranda was like, I didn't know you joined the choir. I said, I didn't either. I joined today. So she let me go on up there. Didn't know one word of the songs, but you know, because of my experience in singing in choirs, I was able to fake my way through. So that was the beginning of me joining the Chicago Mass Choir when oh I got gosh. back here. So I started singing with the Chicago Mass Choir. And um, I believe at the time, uh, Ron was one of the directors or producers. And also, um, I know Pat and Jody was involved. So it was like being back with family. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a while until I went back to school and got my degree. Because like I said, I came back because unfortunately my grandmother passed away. And I promised my grandfather, who was an educator, that I was going to finish school. <laughs> and I did. And then after that, I started teaching. Um, I was a member of the Salem Baptist Church and went to Salem Baptist Church just to sit in the audience. Didn't want to do anything because if you're working in Chicago public schools, you need. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Attitude adjustment. Mm, yep. You really don't want to do nothing because, you know, your eight hour days turn into 16 hour days. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't want to do Nathan. I didn't want to do anything with music. <laughs> now, I'm, were you, did you teach music in Chicago public schools? Yes. Uh huh. I did. And then I also taught at, uh, at after coming out of Chicago public schools because, you know, they started having. Uh, metal detectors and they, they started frisking you and I said you know I can't I can't survive in this environment <laughs> so then I went to collegiate school Chicago collegiate school and um, then I started teaching private at uh, at uh, Christian schools and that worked out better for me mm -hmm. that was a little bit because your classrooms weren't 30 children deep and you could do one-on-one -on -one and you know it was more beneficial for my health <laughs> yeah yeah working in yeah working in chicago public schools i did that well i wasn't a teacher but yeah. uh, i did that it was a culture shock i tell you the, the first day i walked in the door i was like it's not enough money <laughs> they say we don't pay our teachers enough money well it's just not that i mm -hmm. mean the stress alone can take you out of here i mean it's not health it's really not a healthy environment and i don't want to go on a tangent with that but uh i did do that however <laughs> i got out of there so quick <laughs> i ran for my life and <laughs> literally <laughs> literally ran for my life because i was in um some tough neighborhoods but you know, God protected me from that. But outside of that, I started teaching in the private, you know, private sectors and doing and teaching at uh, Christian schools, mm -hmm. which I found beneficial because, you know, my experience was not secular, but gospel. So it was befitting to be in the gospel arena again and teaching gospel what I what I knew, you know. Mm -hmm. what was comfortable for me. And I did that. And when I was at Salem, I'm just sitting in the audience and uh, Walter, Walter uh, Owens, 
Mm-hmm. And then um Terry Moore. Terry Moore. There mm-hmm. you go. Thank you. Because Terry played for Ron Ellison. You remember that? Yes. And uh-huh. I but I also remember Terry, and Terry probably doesn't know this, but I remember Terry uh when he was a very young, because it was the more four. Yeah, with his family. That's right. Him and and they used to they used to come to our church. I went okay. to St. Agatha Catholic Church on the west side of Chicago. Well, and God. we would have we would have concerts. And I remember Terry when he was a little boy because I remember the more four singers. Okay. But he doesn't remember me. I'm only wow. a few years older than he is, but he doesn't remember me. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm in the audience. And Walter and Terry, they double teamed me. And they was like, we need you. You got to sing, sing in the praise team. I was like, no, I'm, I don't want to do that. They was like, no, you're signed up. This is what you're going to wear. And you start next week. <laughs> so See? here I go singing at the, with, the, uh, with the Judah praise team with, with under the direction of Walter Owens. And I thank Terry because at that time I was just going through something, you know, mm-hmm. life happened and I was going through something. I was in a million pieces, but because of that, and as I stated before, music is a medicine. And I didn't know that that's what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. So when I left uh, singing there and um, got my first opportunity to, to do um, music ministry, I, did my first uh, choir at New Promised Land on 89th and Vincennes. Okay. I started that choir and I'm Sonia, they had 21 voices and 21 parts. <laughs> <laughs> but all of my experience and all of my um, mentors that I followed kicked in because you could still hear their voices i still hear Catherine jordan to this day mm. and she went on to be with the lord i still hear james chambers today and he went on to be with the lord mm-hmm. and i still hear ron ellison thank god he's still with us giving me those tips uh because i don't care how many degrees you have I don't care what institution you go to when you are dealing with a live situation, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with experience, you need all of those mentors and people that poured in you to bring you back to, you know, a reality mm-hmm. that school can't teach you. They give you the fundamentals. They give you those principles, but when you're in a live situation, you need all of that. And those individuals were anointed. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that anointing. And, and I knew even with that, um, you got to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And people will, will help your prayer ministry. They will help <laughs> you. <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. To, they will help you to talk to God. And he's the best knower. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so my relationship with God, because how I'm going to get 21 people to sing three part 
at least four parts, God, and be in the right key and, you know. Right tempo. Yes. And, and, you know, bless the people on Sunday because, you know, when you ain't blessing the people on Sunday, they can go to the football game or, you know, they can be watching somebody on TV now. So you, <laughs> you want to make it where people are getting blessed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's what we did after leaving Salem. And uh, well, we never left Salem. Let me just phrase leaving the, the praise team and starting my own musical journey. Okay. With, uh, with, 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 with choirs. And from there, I went on to uh, working with Music Net School of Music mm. with, with the twins. Okay. <laughs> Alan and Aaron. Lord okay. have mercy. Alan <laughs> and Aaron Franklin. And you got to have skates when you work with them twins. Because <laughs> it is double for your trouble. <laughs> So I started working at Music Net School of Music, and um, and that just you know pivoted to so many other things because they know everybody in creation, honestly, um, and which is a blessing. So I taught music there, and um, and then I like I sang with other groups, I, uh, Tony Small. Uh, here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony came out of Springfield. He graduated uh, from Anderson. And we, after leaving Salem, I went to Liberty Temple. Okay. And I met him there. I met Tony there. And uh, again, minding my own business. <laughs> and um they had like, you know, congregational singing. And I happened to sit next to him and his wife and just was singing. And I, and I wasn't paying any attention to nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I just was singing. And afterwards, um, they were part of the music team there. And they asked me to participate and join. And I was like, here we go again with this. <laughs> I found I found um and I and I guess it was hiding behind a bush uh singing in choirs because you don't have to be out front you know Mm -hmm. but in a group everybody's watching all eyes on you you know but that taught me how to really fine-tune things because you you, it's one-on-one you you don't have anybody to hide behind in a group setting and uh with them I had the pleasure of singing with a lot of background with a lot of individuals, you know, Tremaine Hawkins and just, you know, um, Yolanda Adams and just singing with uh, um, Dillian Richard. I did a, I did tours with her mm-hmm. and her family and it was just beautiful, you know, just, just a beautiful ride. But a lot of this, uh, it was God orchestrated because I wanted to hide behind the bush. I didn't want to be out in front, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I enjoyed every moment, every uh, second of being involved in the music um, industry and being involved in participating in teaching and also uh, with the group setting. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Now, with your teaching, too, you were also learning. 
because in the different groups, the different people that you sang with, you are also learning because everybody, although people think that everybody is the same in in gospel music, they they think everybody plays the same, everybody sounds the same. We know that in different regions, gospel music has a different flavor. And when you think about like, okay, in Michigan, they're very similar to what goes on in Chicago, the music in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But if you step outside of that and you go down south, I was uh, talking to someone that plays down south and he's like, you know, as much as I tried to get people to get together and saying they wanted to do their own thing. So the 21 people that you talked about at that church, they still singing like 21 different people. My Lord. <laughs> now, and then, you know, the West Coast has a different sound. Yes. So in that, with the experience that you have, how easy was it to, for you to make those transitions in the different people that you worked with and the different sounds that were not from Chicago? Well, you have to have a great leader. And I think that's what, what the difference is. When you have individuals who, as I stated before, who are anointed, mm-hmm. you can hear they can pull, they have a way of pulling things together and dealing with the sound. And then each one of these individuals that I named, they went to the root of singing, mm. learning the nuances and being able to do crescendos and decrescendos and when to sing loud, when to sing soft, when to expand, you know? Mm-hmm. When to hold the notes, those individuals bring out the best in you. And so picking up that, I was able to translate that to others. Okay. And making it a piece of work, making it a piece of art instead of just singing, because it's more to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an art. And that really helped me to translate that to others. So I got that from those individuals that I named before. Mm-hmm. If that answers your question. Yeah, it actually does. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question because um we were my husband and I were a member of a church and I sit in the audience because I just don't want to bombard or whatever because I've been singing since I was seven. But mm-hmm. We're there and he finally talked me into going up and for this particular program Mm -hmm. to be a part of the choir because they were asking the women of the church to join in the choir. It wasn't a women's day program, but it was something else similar to that. Mm -hmm. So I get to the rehearsal and there's no musician there. They send you, they started playing a CD. Now, Maybe that'll work for people who are used to singing. Mm-hmm. But when you have people that are not used to finding their part, I didn't mm-hmm. find that beneficial. What what would what's your take on something like that? Because a lot of the uh, churches are doing that now. They're giving people CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, First, uh, I, I just want to mention that that's copyright infringement if you're copying the CDs and sending it out to people. But anyway, 
<laughs> but they're copying these CDs or sending yeah. them clips and yeah. telling them to learn their part. What is your take on that? Some people need to be on the Usher board and another auxiliary. That's one thing. But if you are sincere about music, um, practicing, one thing that Ron taught us is how to practice at home. So, of course, we didn't have a musician at home. We had to, at that time, we had to learn from whatever song we were singing. So learning how to practice the music at home was key. And there is a skill. And sometimes it's listening over and over and over and over, hundreds of times till you get it in your DNA. Mm -hmm. And then he would give you your part. Uh, nowadays, with the sophistication of uh, technology, you have a recorder on your phone. And they can give you your part if it's something like, you know, identifying what part it is and learning how to, you know, translate that to you. Mm -hmm. You can take your phone and at that rehearsal, go to that director and they can play your part and then you can come home and just have your individual part. And that may be helpful to individuals who are in that type of situation. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my suggestion, other than getting in another, if you know, because <laughs> you have to be, it's it's the skillful singers and the joyful noise singers. <laughs> and you know. I love everybody and I want everybody to be a part, but you have to know your lane too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a problem with people who really are anointed to sing, who don't sing. And it's the funniest thing to people that don't know how to sing, they want to sing. And I don't want to exclude anybody, but it's just knowing your lane and knowing that that is what you're called to, you got to put in the time. That's mm -hmm. it. If you're not at another level of, or a certain level, practice is in order. You have to practice. You have, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what we learn. You know, mm -hmm. you just mm -hmm. don't come on Sunday and it's showtime at the Apollo. No, you got seven days and we put in um, at least an hour a day practicing mm -hmm. you know but that would be my suggestion I uh, people have to have to labor and put in time mm -hmm. if that's what you are you know if that's what you're passionate about that's what you want to participate because God called for the skillful singers mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. and this that puts into mind where you say you have to be prepared mm -hmm. so when you You've never heard Yes, Jesus Loves Me. They even play that on TV. Yes. <laughs> on some of the stuff. Come but I literally on. had to had to walk that lady through singing Yes, Jesus Loves Me. <laughs> and I'm I'm scratching my head. I'm like, but do you go to somebody's church? <laughs> you don't know that song. <laughs> that one, you know, that's the easiest one. That's that's coming out the womb. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, yes. 
so when you talk about that and you talk about people and their experience, and I understand everybody does not have a relationship. They may be in a family that does not have a relationship with God or have not come into commune with anyone who has. But when you think about the types of people that stand before you in a choir yes, and just thinking about that, okay, let's say that after that little uh, encounter that we had that she finally decided that she wanted to give her life to the Lord and go into the church. So this is somebody that I'm saying that walks into your choir. This is number 22, by the way, walk in your choir and say, I want to sing in the choir. Bless your heart. How would you work with her? Well, my first uh, suggestion would be private lessons. Because that could be a cultural shock and it could be major work for you. If they cannot, for me, if they can hear and if they can speak, I can generally get them on pitch. You got to be able to hear. Mm -hmm. But if it's at a place where it's going to be a disruption or it's going to be labor for me, it's going to be private lessons. And I learned this by being a member of Judah under Walter. You had three months, like when you go to the workforce, mm-hmm. you had a probation period. 90 days. Yes, ma'am. And you weren't a member yet until those 90 days because a lot can happen within 90 days. Uh, You're excited. You want to be a part. So of course you're going to be, you know, enthusiastic about singing and you want to, your energy level is up, but then after 90 days, you done got comfortable and then the real you show up. (laughs) So within that, you were evaluated. And then there were other entities you can go into. Like I said, private lessons, would be my suggestion okay. first and foremost and because I'm I have those skills I'm able to work with them separately before bringing them into the masses okay and that cuts out a lot of you know of 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 hindrance from the other people because mm-hmm. you know some people don't have the ear and have not the experience you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. this young lady particularly she had to get some some she's had to get some some more songs under her belt. <laughs> Amazing grace, at least that that hymn note would have been where I would have started with her, like Miss Catherine Jordan started with us. She started with us as babies singing hymns. We hated it, but listen, that's the basics. That's mm-hmm. the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where gospel music was founded on. You know, for me. Okay, And I would suggest that to anyone who is, you know, not there yet. Start with a hymn. Start right there. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can Google it now. We didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? When we came up, it was that physical book. It looked like a Bible. (laughs) But now you can tell Siri everything. Siri, what's the latest gospel song? Uh, Siri, what, what? What's a hymn? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Siri will help you out. Mm-hmm. So at least they got that, right? Yeah. Well, I am going to ask you, what do you have going on now? How can people get in contact with you? And 
if you have any future projects. What's going on with me now, I retired uh, from teaching 2018. Mm -hmm. I retired from singing 2019. And the pandemic happened. So I started gardening. I am a a prolific gardener. (laughs) (laughs) I grow over 90% of my food in my backyard in containers and raised beds. So that's what I was doing. And again, I was minding my own business and got a call uh, this year in April to come help um, the current choir I'm, I'm working with for praise team I'm working with now. And on Sonia, <laughs> I said no about 20 times, but I went to evaluate the people because when you love your people that you've had a relationship with, of course, this was someone that pulled me, you know, that could say, Linda, I need you, you know, mm-hmm. and I came to the rescue. So I'm going to do my little evaluation. And those people, they grew on me. They were sweet people. They could, they had the voices, but they did not have direction. Okay. And so it seemed, at the time, it seemed easy. It was like, oh, that's easy. I could do that. So that's what I'm doing. I'm working with Abounding in Christ's Love, uh, Praise Team, all of those things that I thought were dormant. <laughs> they have been waking back, to, back up. Okay. Once it's in you, it's always in you. It's like riding a bike, you know. But again, I'm learning too, you know. I'm learning more about myself, but uh, that's what I'm doing now. That's that's my thing between gardening and uh, working with the praise team. All right. Um, um, yeah. So I'm back at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's a good thing. Sometimes you can good good things come out of pulling up, pulling you out of retirement. <laughs> yes. Yes. Semi. I'm, a, I'm just giving them a little bit. I ain't giving them a lot of bit. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I want to thank my guest, Linda Greenwood, for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, send an email to let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com. You may also like and share this podcast episode, or if you subscribe, you'll be alerted when the newest show is published. And there is now a let's talk gospel music gold radio show, which is broadcast on WMRMDB, an internet radio station on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. And it is rebroadcast at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Saturdays as well. I'm your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care.
and God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan. Mm-hmm.